Welcome to season two of the Retail Tea Break. My name is Melissa Moore, founder of The Retail Advisor. As a consultant, mentor, trainer and lecturer, I enable retailers and makers to reach their potential through sales growth and excellence in customer experience. I'm also your host of The Retail Tea Break. Each week, I'll be joined by industry experts, retailers and makers to decode the myths, share stories and their insights into this industry of ours. So if you enjoy listening to The Retail Tea Break, subscribe to the podcast and share it with others in the industry too. So sit back, grab that cup of tea and listen in. Welcome to The Retail Today I'm joined by a woman who's taken full advantage of one of Ireland's busiest tourist trails, selling unique, local, Irish-made crafting gifts. And with the accolade of best coffee in Ireland, Moha Cottage is one of the best-known little shops in Ireland. With an online gift shop uh, shipping globally, this retailer and maker is incredibly busy. Katrina Considine from Moha Cottage, welcome to the Retail Tea Break. Thanks so much, Melissa. Delighted uh, to be here with you today. And I'm thrilled. I know we've been trying to have this conversation for a while, so I'm delighted to have you. But before I kick off, in the time that it takes to boil a kettle, which I'm told is about two minutes, tell us a bit about your background and a little bit about the business. Uh, yeah, great. So um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a retailer by trade or anything like that. Um, I've had my share of my college jobs in retail, though, all the way through college. Um, always loved them. Shoe shops, news agents, I've done them all. But uh, but um, but yeah, I was uh, studied industrial engineering in college, ended up working for an American company who um, as a as an IT consultant, uh, traveled the world, ended up back in Dublin, quite content um, uh, working actually at that stage in wind energy, loved it. Um, and uh, and then I met uh, a publican and a farmer um, in Liscannor, County Clare, um, who farms on the cliffs of Moher. So, wow <laughs> was, what a, what a journey and couldn't yeah. be any further removed from retail absolutely yeah, totally um yeah so obviously then you come to the decision you're getting married whatever you know where we live there's no debate there's no discussion he's farming on the cliffs of more we're you know we're living here that's just um so I spent like years commuting to work and my role was really Dublin based I couldn't really find a job that kind of worked down here um, it was before the time of remote working now. Now you could, you know, there'll be, there's a lot more opportunities for remote working down here in the West. Lots of people here since the pandemic, a little kind of silver lining of the pandemic, really, for villages like ours. But at the time, there wasn't really, it wasn't really a thing. And um, so, and then in the meantime, you know, one weekend we were just sitting watching and we have this really cute cow cabin on the farm that happens to be on the Wild Atlantic Way. Um, and we're watching people drive up the road um, uh, and this cow cabin happens to have an amazing view. And they're like, OK, pulling the car in, taking a picture of the cow cabin, taking a picture of the view, getting back in their car and going up to the cliffs some more. So we said, listen, there's something in this. Definitely. So we talked to the council and it was still, you know, no, no investment, no nothing. We just said, listen, if there was a change of use application. Um, uh, so we said we'd give that a try. And there was literally didn't really know what way it was going to go because people don't go changing cow cabins into retail spaces you know, uh, too often. So there was no precedent there or anything like that. So we're really just um, um, but they in fairness to them, they were very supportive. They gave it to us and that started the dream. Then it's only then we got excited about it. And and so what could we make? And really, it was driven by 
listen was a beautiful it's a beautiful part of the world mm. but I was gone at sunrise coming back at sunset and I wasn't really living and yeah. we weren't living and it just was taking its toll and something had to give up somewhere but you know um I love work and I've been you know challenges and you know been passionate about something so um so yeah so it was it was never just going to give up and not have a plan you know so uh but yeah, so that then become became the dream and uh, converting this little cow cabin and, and we got it open in 2017 and, and haven't looked back since. It's been amazing. How, um, like what a, what a gutsy move to, I suppose, have literally moved from Dublin. What a gutsy move to have said, do you know what? There's a cow cabin and people keep stopping by it. So look, we'll just open a shop and a cafe. How yeah. amazing. You make it sound, I suppose, quite dreamlike there. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't in reality. <laughs> How difficult was that process or like, how did you get through that? Because that I'm sure that wasn't straightforward. I'm sure it wasn't as quick as you make it sound. And what a vision you must have had to have seen something in this cow shed. Yeah, and, and really it was all anchored by the view, really. You know, it is cute cabin, but it's the view that just blows you away. And I suppose it, it, it was actually just, um, uh, it was a lot of work. It was every bit of our savings. It was a huge bank loan. Um, uh, we were very supported by our local bank and Ennis Diamond, you know, um, uh, but it, so we, it was putting everything into it. Um, but we, we really did believe there was something there, you know, and uh, so there, are, there is a bit of leap of faith, you know, um, and uh, what's the worst that could happen? Surely, surely we could pay back a loan, you know, and that was kind of it, you know. Um, I love and, that belief. Uh, yeah. I really do. I love that real positive belief that you had. Yeah. And it's working. Like, do you know what I mean? The dream must feel like it's coming through for you because people are stopping in their droves now. Yeah, I know it is. And it is. It's it's the location. It's um it's uh I, I suppose we had I had a dr dream because I traveled a lot for work. I ended up obviously and driving a lot then as well. Um coffee became a thing. But at one stage I was sent on a project to Melbourne in Australia for 10 months thereabouts and really saw all these amazing coffee shops. You know, they're just known for their speciality coffee and, you know, and then became quite discerning. And then I suppose moving to Clare, I just didn't find my place. And I had my favorite coffee shops in wherever I lived, mm. you know, and, and I just couldn't find it. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm creating myself one. <laughs> and, and that kind of coffee shop that you could go to on your own. And it wasn't a big deal. You could just walk yeah. in, get a coffee, sit in your own, take five do a bit of work you know or make a phone call or whatever you know and um, that sort of thing and uh so yeah it was really that kind of idea that I thought listen I think there's a, a new experience here that's that we could bring to the area first of all to the locals um but then a new visitor experience as well and then I suppose kind of evolved then and saying okay we want the coffee but actually I think we can make it this bigger and that's where the the retail space kind of took center fold and that's when it became a really big idea where you know and the idea again looking at what was available to the visitor. And I was really keen to support Irish and we've lots of Irish makers and many are females. A lot are my friends, you know, and, uh, um, and, you know, they're for the contemporary Irish gift, you know, so that a visitor could come in from Ohio and buy something to bring home, but so could some, uh, a neighbor down the road, going to somebody's house to visit and find a present for their sister or something. So it was that, it was that idea that we would not be just for the visitor to the Cliffs of Moher. Yeah, the woods. typical kind of tourist <laughs> item, which there absolutely is a place for on the market. But absolutely. Having kind of been inside and haven't even had a look on the website and your socials, it's very curated. Like you've got a great eye, you've pulled together this gorgeous collection. 
how, where do you start? Because I've had an awful lot of people reach out to me over the last 18 months and go, I want to run a shop. Where did you start? So you had the coffee idea, which again was really rooted in something you loved and you actually wanted for you, which again is a great place to start. Yeah. How did you then go about kind of starting to build and curate the collection for the retail space? Yeah, and again, I suppose I love nice things. I love I love nice concept stores. I like shopping. Um, and so you, you kind of, you went a bit with your gut instinct. You know, I did, and I still do. You know, what what, what is nice? What can I picture here? Um, uh, very much driven as well by price point. You know, I see some gorgeous pottery for example of a certain maker but I just know my customer yeah. won't spend that on this item because they're traveling or whatever you know so you kind of go and that's just not our store so we get a lot of young people get a lot of young couples get a lot of friends so it's you know it's keeping that price point to um that um more of the impulse buy that you're not having a big second thought about it so you kind of know your customer a bit and um but at the beginning I suppose you don't right so you're really just going by a little bit of a gut instinct but I did know I didn't want to be expensive you know and uh and I did know I wanted Irish um as it happens when I was um in the year that we were um renovating the project I got accepted onto a program called Acorns which is for early stage female entrepreneurs in rural Ireland and it's supported by the Department of Agriculture and as it happened I just met a lot of female makers and um, so that a lot of them were starting with me then as products you know I said listen I'm in a shop I need things and wow. they're like, I, and they were like I need a retailer you know so so and a lot of them are still there today you know that's, uh, that's amazing and I love this empowering each other you know sharing and supporting yeah, what an incredible way I suppose for a maker to get an in into such an incredible retail shop but also for you to help support and get the gifting right within your own store yeah it was great and like you just had this breadth of and I and I was able to tell their story I I know oh, the people yeah. you know there's Trish the beekeeper you know she's third generation and she makes an amazing like um hand balm and lip balm you know from her own bees you know and in Waterford you know so you've you've got the stories you know um and uh and that helps you sell then right it um, makes such a difference and actually the way you're describing that there now I'm I like it, you know? yeah I I now care about these bees and Trish and now I want to buy the goods and I I see and I'm sure you do an awful lot of retailers have almost missed that trick because they're so focused on head down and need to put money in the till and of course you do to pay the bills but taking that little bit of time to really choose the right product category or even the right product or the right supplier and then really getting to know them yeah that sounds really important to you it really is now it takes time yeah. and you know and sometimes you just don't have the time but uh but then you know some, sometimes it doesn't take that much time and you can just actually um you know connect with people on instagram for example and there's somebody that's following you and then you, you next you know they might reach out to you and say listen this is um these are my prints or whatever and you kind of go you know what i can picture them here um, and we've got a little shelf and I've got a spot that I could actually squeeze a few in. And uh, so, yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, so sometimes, um, you know, it's, it's, it can be something simple just to get to know the person that, because you've been following them for a while online, but then, but then when you can get to meet someone though, and then you can get to really know them, that's, that's brilliant, you know. What an amazing opportunity for makers out there. So you put the score together, you've created, created the range, and then it kind of turns out that you become a bit of a maker yourself. So 
tell us a little bit about that journey with the fudge and with the prints and the photography how have you then become this makeup yeah 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 and I suppose it, we were looking for uh yeah so we we knew we wanted coffee we knew we wanted something simple though to go with the coffee and okay we'll have some pastries and we have some you know confectionery but then we just thought listen let's make some some of that ourselves and um um but I we're no we're no um, myself or Kevin, my husband, we're not, we're not chefs, we're not big bakers, you know, so you kind of go, keep, keep it simple. But as it happened um, in the early days, again, before we even had the cabin idea, we were, I did a course in Ballymaloo with um, Doreen Allen one Easter as kind of nearly a break from work almost, you know, and I, was I did one of them. It's yeah. the best thing in the world to take oh yourself away and down to Ballymaloo. Absolutely. It was fabulous. Now I could recommend it to anyone. And I, yeah. I still want to go back someday uh, soon, uh, but uh, but yeah, so we did. But I just remember Doreen Allen saying, um, and it was it was about uh, you know it was, it was a lot of people thinking of new businesses as well. And she said you can be, you can be known for one thing, you know. And she gave an example of of someone who attended one of our courses who was selling toasties in a market, and but there were a queue every amazing. Saturday because they were amazing. But it was a cheese toasty. Why great cheese, great bread. That was it. And, you know, so she just gave that example. And then so we kind of said, listen, let's just get really good coffee. You know, let's keep it really simple. And then we just said we'd make our own fudge. I used to make a little bit of that. You know, it's not like baking. It's a bit easier, you know, and uh, and we said, let's keep it really simple. And I saw other people doing that before. And and it just got a little bit of salt caramel fudge with a really good coffee in a lovely view. <laughs> Happy days, you know, type of thing. Um, so that's kind of where that started. Wow. And, um, and it's and it's kept going and it does it does uh yeah it it is associated with us now you know absolutely and, and, and uh, again even the way you describe it you're literally just setting the scene and I think again that's something that retailers can really take from that you speak with such passion about other people's goods about your own goods but also there's a thought process there you know you want someone to have a cup of coffee and a little sweet treat you know of course it's putting money in in the till it's probably upping your margin slightly mm. but actually it's what your customer wants yeah yeah no and it's uh and we've gift boxes and and that then became in the pandemic you know a gifting product that was really popular because people we're sending care packages and all of that, you know, to, to loved ones, especially around the Easter's and things like that. So it became, it became really a, a lifeline for us in the pandemic that we didn't really foresee before that, you know? And, uh, and uh, yeah, and I think that <clears throat> the photography stemmed from, I just love taking photos. So we happened to walk around the North Clare area with my golden retriever dog. And um, so it's very easy capture a photo um and uh so we had some photos of our cows hanging in the shop when we from day one because we kicked the cows out so we hung up some photos <laughs> and then people just wanted to buy them and you kind of go can I buy that one and I was like well do you really want to almost you know and uh but yeah so they did so um so now we have uh yeah a little few shelves with our photography and cards you know so uh and that's kind of and, uh, and they're on the website and that kind of uh you know ticks over every summer you know especially with visitors you know it's a kind of a a point in time kind of purchase but uh but yeah even with locals gifting because it's certain people's donkeys or certain people's <laughs> walls and Amazing. they're like going oh there's auntie mary's wall can i buy that <laughs> and, you know, and things like that you know so people have been uh but i probably uh most of those aunties have all got one now so that's probably 
that's probably uh i'll probably rely on the visitor anymore for for uh, the growth but uh but yeah no so that's just um it's just a nice thing it's not maybe you could probably argue that you could get more turnover of of products from that those few shelves i give myself but it actually it's it kind of makes me feel good every time someone buys one of those and i go and and then they you know they don't make the connection and i go thanks so much you know actually that's one of mine and they're like oh my god and i said i'm delighted you know and I'd say that when they buy a card, you know, um, is uh, that's one of my cards, and they're like, "Oh my god!" And it's so lovely for me. I did my it, little. Dance. It adds to that kind <laughs> of human connection and the emotional connection, and I'm sure for you as well. And I think again, that's a lovely thing that makers have if they see people buying their products in front of them. The joy it brings, like it makes oh, it all yeah. worthwhile. Those late nights, those crazy Sundays, I'm sure even during COVID, that you're packing boxes like a mad thing. It yeah. makes it all worth it. It does. It does. It does give you that little bit of, yeah, spark. That's gorgeous. Yeah. So, Camille, you mentioned it. I want to touch on it, but not for very long. The pandemic. How, what was it? What was it like? She says very nonchalant. But how did you cope? What was it like? What were people buying in that respect? Yeah, we were very lucky. I had decided the, the year before that I wanted to focus on online that year so I had the website done everything right. up there so we were very lucky from that point of view like a lot of my friends were scrambling trying to get online yeah. and that was an awful lot of pressure so but yes listen it was it was one of those scary times that decision to close your business you know all of those we won't everybody's been through it it's, yeah but yeah we were online and we just kind of kicked on then and kind of going okay by the yeah the door closed but we are online and then, yeah, it did kick into that, you know, after maybe two weeks of a, almost a, a gifting season, you know, that began and, and to people's aunties and all of that. But I, as I I had happened to be, um, had started this 100 Days of Walking with Kira Kelly and News Talk, who had kicked yeah. that up that previous 1st of January. So I kept contact with people because I was sharing that on my social. So I would do the walk. <laughs> it was for my accountability. But that ended up being a, just a very useful way to keep, keep in touch with everyone that was following us. And so we kept doing that. And then we had the Cliffs of Moher, like I live beside the Cliffs of Moher and there was nobody on it. Like you never in your lifetime. I was going to say that that's not normal. There's normally tens of thousands of people, yeah. especially at this time of year, every day. So strange. Nighttime. Yeah. yeah, so strange. It was so strange. And then it was fabulous. Almost, you know, um, yeah, because you when the birds were there and the flowers are coming out and there was literally nobody there. So flowers were coming in areas that on the footpaths and everything because they would never would because there'd be people there, you know. Oh, of course. Wow. The white flowers. So it was beautiful. But so you were sharing all of that. And then um, but Cheryl Sandberg of Facebook spotted it and she gave us a shout out. Um, and then that kicked off a whole American side of online purchasing of our fudge in particular because she had mentioned it and um and so that so yeah so listen we were by the end of the first lockdown exhausted from all of us which is a good complaint and it kept everything and it kept bills paid and all of that kind of thing and uh but it was literally just me and kevin um you know yeah like a lot of your other um uh, on your other podcasts, other retailers who've said, you know, listen, the real uh, hard graph. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we got through it. Um, but and and it, the online saved us and it was fantastic. But there's nothing like opening the doors of the shop and actually talking to people. I get very grateful for the online support and I, I'd still be grateful to it as a continuous day. But I like I just love the people part of it, the real life people part of it, you know. 
and that's that's such a gorgeous message to have here that it is about that human connection for you and it feels very special by the sounds of it when people do come and visit when they do yeah. actually buy from you that it, it means something it isn't about putting the cash in the till and keeping the lights on as such but actually you really enjoy meeting people every day yeah yeah and now we're in a lovely stage where we have visitors coming back from overseas that have visited us four years ago oh wow visit and they're going out of their way to pop in and tell me they were here on year one or year two you know and uh um so it's lovely and they're so happy to be back in Ireland and they're having an amazing holiday and they're stopping off at all these places and they're buying their gifts or buying their coffee and it's yeah we're very we're very lucky that we're getting to that stage now I think Definitely. And I think it's going to be a phenomenal summer. I really do think. Yeah. I think it's going to bring such joy, absolutely, to all the shops, especially in those touristy areas that were so hard hit. It's going to be a joy. Um, moving on, I really want to ask you, what's it actually like retailing, making the juggle? Because you're not just a retailer. And I don't mean that in, in that respect, but you're, I presume, the HR manager, the finance manager, you're the social media manager and the marketing manager and absolutely everything else in between. How, how do you do it? Yeah, it's difficult. Like, it's <laughs> the point pretending it's not. And, you know, invariably something drops. And, you know, you can't drop, you know, payroll. You can't drop HR. But so, so sometimes social drops, you know, you just don't have it in you to, you know, um, to kind of push certain things or to remind people you've new products in you know things just sometimes you know and it that's the kind of stuff that maybe you just say okay listen now we need to you know delegate a bit more remind yourself yeah. you have a team of people and that you need to just hand over some things and that's where you know we're very, like we've got a great team you know and and some of them are you know uh the the even the the new gang that we have you know they're they're brilliant on social and you know so you're just saying listen i've these, do you want to just make an Instagram reel for me there? Thanks a million. And you just have to remind yourself that they're, you know, they'll do it better than you probably. So, you know. Uh, and that's a really <laughs> good point. Instead of you stressing that you've dropped something, that actually there's bound to be people on your team that are probably a little bit better than you at some things. Yeah. Let them get on with it and empower them to yeah. be a much bigger part of, of the retail space. That's yeah. a really lovely idea. But also I'm hearing from you that, it's okay to drop the ball sometimes like that's just yeah. normal yeah yeah and you can't beat yourself up about it you know and I think the whole pandemic year is what have they taught us you know um I, I read somewhere you know it's life it should be really about making a life not making a living and I, I you know and possibly some of us me really <laughs> it might have been for a few years about making a living and kind of forgetting yeah. the, the life part and it's it's trying to get that balance now a bit better and and enjoy the summer and and you know catch up with the friends now and you know um uh, not miss the birthdays if you can you know make make the you know the the various events and and you know try and figure that out with a busy seasonal business and and that has to be very focused because it's the season you know in 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 particular in the summer so it's just trying to find that balance is kind of my next focus yeah I love that and it'll work it absolutely yeah. will yeah. so any kind of tips or anything you'd say to someone starting out in this business now whether it's retailing whether it's even starting out as a supplier probably not making fudge but anyone else <laughs> um any tips you'd give them based on what you've been through I suppose yeah I'd probably um I'd probably say if you have 
a dream or if you have a little niggle, if something is kind of there, follow it, you know, don't ignore it, you know, do the research, do the plans, you know, the local enterprise office runs a start your own business course that you can do eight evenings. You don't have to give up your job. You don't have to make any big life decisions, but sometimes doing something like that can let you think things out and give it time because, um, you know, there's, there's something there, you know, if it is there, you know, and if there is that dream and you're in maybe that permanent pension of a job and it's hard to make that step, maybe there's an interim step you can do. Maybe there is a side hustle that you can try and just see if there's something there, um, but not to ignore it. That's what I'd say. Definitely. But, and I see over your shoulder there as well, the plaque that just says never stop. And by the sounds of it, this is exactly what you've done. And as you say, people can do that in a very safe way. Use Leo, use the various courses that are run, as you said, Acorns, Empower, around the country. There are so many now. Like it's a nice way in a safe way, I suppose, yeah. in a safe way, in a safe spot to test out the idea and really understand who the potential customer could be, where the sales are going to come from. Actually do the work before you give up the amazing pensionable job. Yeah, yeah. And online Online e-commerce allows you to test things like that in a safe way too, you know, so um, you can use that before you make a, a, a bigger jump. But, you know, and it is interesting just to watch a lot of e-commerce brands now moving into bricks and mortar, isn't it? And, you know, so it's um, uh, so and maybe they're, you know, they're seeing that need that people do want to, you know, meet. They do want to have a physical kind of a store experience still even in an e-commerce world but it is a useful way to start um start into retail if that absolutely. is absolutely you know definitely i think it's all to play for from this year and again maybe that's positive to pop out of covid is that we have the flexibility now of either this incredible experience in store or having this swift efficient experience online if that's what you need and hopefully most people are getting one or the other that suits them so it is yeah. it's a brilliant time to be Jumping into this industry. So yeah. come here, my last question then, what on earth, and I suppose I know where I'm going with this, what's coming up over the next few months? And bearing in mind, we're coming to the end of April, I think I can probably hazard a guess at the chaos that's about to kind of hit you. Yeah, no, it is. And it's, uh, listen, we're, we're, um, we're ready for a busy summer. You Amazing. know, we're excited. Um, we're hoping, you know, from now until October, you know, we're going to be crazy. That's our, that's our dream. That's our plan. And we're hoping it's going to be flat out. Um, we've lots of new people joining us for the summer. We're lots of uh, a few college um, folks coming back for the summer. So we're excited to see people again. So, yeah, so we're going to have a, have a busy summer, hopefully, and lots of visitors coming to North Clare. Um, so much to do here. They're going to have a great holiday. So um, hopefully it be great. Yeah. So my final question then for you, and I suppose I know what the answer is going to be to this, but what's coming up over the next six months for you? So, yeah, so we're heading into our busy season now, you know, so uh, sort of May till October. And there'll be so many visitors here. It's going to be hectic. We'll hopefully have great summer weather. <laughs> we'll, uh, so, yeah, so it's it's going to be the busy season. We're getting uh, lots of our staff back that were here last summer. They're coming, we can't wait to see them. Some new staff joining us. So there'll be lots of training uh, uh, and all of that as well. And uh, but, yeah, so it's it's going to be just all hands on deck here in North Clare. I love it. And I would urge anyone if you're down that end of the country or even if you're not, 
um, pop in and see Katrina and the team at Mohair Cottage. So look, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please like, subscribe and share. Definitely give Mohair Cottage a visit over the summer. Jump online if you're not in Ireland. Uh, they do ship abroad. Well worth getting your hand on some of that fudge. So until next time, Katrina, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thanks so much, Melissa. I was delighted. Loved it. Thank you.